This episode is sponsored by Cox Internet. Uh, hopefully this time Ruben's internet will not fail and we don't have to start recording this all over again. So for all your internet needs, uh, stick with Com- Comcast. Which one did I say? CenturyLink, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Is Quest still a thing? No, CenturyLink's also not a thing anymore. This podcast, is not, this podcast is not sponsored by any internet companies. We do this, not take any internet <laughs> advice from this podcast. This, this company is sponsored. This company. This podcast is sponsored by the oligopoly that is internet companies. <laughs> Hit the freaking music. <laughs> Creation is beautiful. See what's happening this week with the pop culture. I wrote something. Hopefully, Ruben won't have to cut this out because I will have actually written you, something. You actually wrote something this time? Yeah, I did. Wasn't it great, Jacob? Uh, Do you like how I, I put a little slide whistle in there at the end? I actually like the stock music better. No <laughs> Okay, then I'll take the slide whistle out. Now nobody will get it, be able to hear that amazing. Yeah, it's like, you know how hard I had to work to find a slide whistle to make that specific sound. You, you should, <laughs> just broke yeah, into a high school R&B band Clavis, room. You know what I mean? Wait, what, Jacob? I had like R&B clubs to like the, the opening. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. This, All right. Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Quintessentials with Cubed. I am Ruben Kiros. I am one third of Cubed. And the other two voices that are joining me, uh, let's go with the man to my left first. Uh, Jacob Kiros, uh, another third of Cubed. And the other one? And JQ, the last third of Cubed. And I had to cut it off. You guys were trying to riff and it wasn't working at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. God damn. But are um, you recording still? I am still recording, yeah. I've been recording this the, entire time. Really? I don't see the little red button anywhere. It's on my end. Oh, it's on your... Okay, then I don't have to worry. It's I fine. see it. Oh, never mind. I'm blind. <laughs> He is blind. Ruben, That's why he's wearing cut, glasses. Ruben, Ruben, cut that out. Cut that part. I hate. I goddamn hate you. Ruben, cut, cut that part out. Ruben, I goddamn hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, off the top, um, not entertainment news related per se, but uh, affects us a little bit because of childhood memories, and these are nonsense childhood memories. I do realize that, but uh. Jimmy Buffett passed away, uh, known famously for his songs Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise, and the two chains that spawned from that uh, back in our hometown in uh, Nebraska, or our home city of Nebraska, I should say. Our home uh, state of Nebraska? 
Nebraska's a state. You freaking Our home city. Home city. Home city in Nebraska. Home city in Nebraska. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, there was a uh, cheeseburger in paradise that we would frequent because it was right across from the movie theater. So that we would go to. So yeah, and we would I, go I before and after. I would say that this is pretty relevant to this podcast since it's a completely like entertainment, mainly movie based podcast. You know, this is a place that we would go to to basically sit down and discuss movies after the fact and just enjoy a burger. These types of discussions that we have on here. Yeah, that's true. I'd say that that was the proto podcast. Thank you very much. No. Yeah, think about it. The only thing about this place. What are you talking about? But Jacob, Jacob. We ate a burger together. We talked about movies. Nah, bro, you remembering this place too fondly. That shit. Nah, Jacob hates this place. (laughs) Them them seats are all torn up. You can see, like, the freaking. The cotton coming out of the seats. Jacob, be for real. Tell everyone why you hate this place so much. You said it before we started recording. It's, it's It's because every hour. I mean, as long as much as I like this song, Cheeseburger in Paradise. I would hear the repetitive, the the riff that is so simple yet so easy, easily ingrained in my head. It was <laughs> that shit was annoying. <laughs> Come on, Jacob. It was a haunting allure. It made the vibes. It made the. It made. It felt like you were on a uh, a beach uh, in the middle of America. And you know what, Jacob? You know what? I like mine with lettuce and tomatoes. All right? (laughs) All right? You understand me? Do you understand what I'm saying, Jacob? (laughs) Jacob is right, though. Uh, The the quality of the place did go down over the years. but That's uh, why it closed down. (laughs) It closed later than most of the other ones. So I was looking this up today. In 2018. It closed in 20... What? Yeah, closed in 2018. I feel like one of the last times that we went there was after watching Spectre, which was like, what, 2016? No, 2015, right? Did I? I think it was like fall that. of 2015. Yeah. Yeah, because we stopped going because, yeah, yeah, Jago's right. The seats were torn and uh, the food quality went down even more, even though it was like yeah. average at, at all. Like, I, I remember I got a cold yeah, burger the last time we went there. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was a time. And we relived that. We a have time. a burger. We have a new burger joint. We, we like, frequent here. And we yes. do talk about movies in that burger joint, and it's fun. But well, we do, but you know, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy had a massive contribution not only to our lives, but probably a lot of people's lives. I mean, how many memories have been made in a Margaritaville? Maybe not all great memories, you know. But... <laughs> not, maybe not all memories. Not, maybe not all decisions uh, that you are happy yeah, about. Maybe not not all fond memories. Not all, you know. Maybe you know what? How many memories have people lost? Because of what's going on, I think that's the best question. That is, uh, yeah. Come on, guys, it's headed by Margaritaville. It's two dollar shot night at Margaritaville. No, oh, dear no, God. we're gonna die if it's two dollar shot night. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. He was seventy five or yeah, seventy six. Thank you, JQ. And to and, close uh, us, and to close off this segment, I would just like to read a few words. Oh God. Oh God. Tried to amend my carnivorous habits. Made it nearly 70 days. Losing weight without speed. Eating sunflower seeds. Drinking lots of carrot juice and soaking up rays. But at night, 
I'd have these wonderful dreams, some kind of sensuous treat. Not zucchini, fettuccine, or bulgur wheat, but a big warm bun and a huge hunk of meat. <laughs> Cheeseburger in paradise. Heaven on earth with an onion slice. Not too particular, not too precise. I'm just a, just a cheeseburger in paradise, all right? I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Heinz 57 and French fried potatoes. Let me finish, let me finish. Big kosher pickles and a cold draft beer. Well, good God almighty. Which way do I steer? For my cheeseburger in paradise. Can I get some snacks? Wow, that's so good. Ruben's actually crying, but that tears of sadness. I think I've broken it. You're right, Jonathan. Jimmy is now a cheeseburger in paradise. You can't keep that in. God damn it. Our condolences to the Buffett family. In all seriousness, please, yes, all condolences to the Buffett family who had a terrible loss here. Yeah. I look, I look, this man brought us a lot of joy. I'm just continuing that that legacy of joy. All right. That's all that I'm doing. That man was that man was legitimately great. I I he was high energy. He was high energy. I don't know the quality of his character, but I do know the quality of his creations, and they were all good. Yes. yes. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the video, the music video of him at a concert, him in board shorts playing his music, <laughs> is just so much fun. I kind of wish I was in that room. He's probably just vibed. He was just vibing. He was just vibing. Pure vibe state. <laughs> all right. And that is it for uh, the uh, initial update or discussion. I guess I had in mind. Let us move on to the actual uh, meat of this podcast. Oh, God. Ruben. Oh. You did not. You did, you did Ruben. not. Ruben. Uh, I usually say that. that. Let's move on to the oh, right. main topic Ruben, of this Ruben, podcast. Now, which was the bottom bun. Now we got the meat. Yeah, the meat. All right. Oh, what, 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 would that meat happen to be medium rare with mustard, heaven on earth with an onion slice? You know? Yeah. A little bit of lettuce and tomato. I'm 57. And French fries. I'm going to stop. We get it. We get it. (laughs) Let's move on to the main topics. I usually say meat of the podcast. I mean, he does. I do. (laughs) I do. I do. And today, it just backfired on me. Like, the second it left my mouth, I'm like, God damn it. Okay. So, uh, update. Uh, We're going to talk about the Hollywood strikes real quick. Uh, So, the WGA strike has been going on for 124 days. Um, I did the math before the pod uh, at 6 p.m. on Thursday. It was officially a third of the year they've been on strike. Oh. They've been, well, not not a third of the year, a third of a year, I should say. Uh, but they've been on strike that long. They haven't been really negotiating at all. Uh, the studios did offer, like, a deal. We didn't really talk about this on our last recording. Uh, but they offered- the deal is good. It was a de- no. They they offered a deal, and then like when they said no, we are not taking this deal. The studios are like, this is our final offer. And then the negotiating committee still said no, we are not taking the deal. It's not enough. Then the uh, the studios went to a deadline and said, here, make this deal public, and everyone will side with us. And that did not end up happening. So after that, they hired a crisis PR firm. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, these guys are so out of touch with reality. It's actually kind of baffling. 
Guys, if we show them the deal, they'll side with us. Come on, guys. Yeah, like, I, it'll I, break I, apart the writers. Like, half of them will want the deal, and they'll force it. Yeah, that's what they yeah, were for thinking. For me, it's like, I don't, like, these guys to us, they just seem like, just like very stereotypical run-of-the-mill corporate villains. But like, what do they appear to in their own mind? What do they appear as in their own mind's eye? Like, That's a good question. Like, I'm actually, because nobody thinks they're the bad guy, but you got to wonder, what is going through these guys' well, heads? <laughs> there was that article uh, also in Deadline since we last recorded where they were going to have like a meeting all together. And how they was basically talking about how they were like backstabbing each other and how like David Zaslav and Bob Iger are sad that the public hates them or like that the PR battle's gone against them and how they're like all bickering amongst themselves at this point. Look, I mean, man, it makes sense. That's look, where it was gonna go. They're gonna blame look, each other. I was gonna like, say, here's the thing. If you're like afraid of the PR nightmare, just get out of this strike. I promise you that time heals all wounds, especially when it comes to public perception, all right? People are already listening to Kanye again. Mm -hmm. Louis C.K. tickets sell out, like, almost every time they go on. Do they actually, though? Are you just saying that? Do they actually... They don't sell out, but, like, he still has an audience. He he does. He 100% does. The man has an audience. That's insane. Yeah. And Pirates of the Caribbean 6 would make, like, a billion dollars, I think. Speaking of like the Johnny Cosby Depp. show is re-airing on TV. That is a lie. That is not <laughs> that one is a lie. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, they're not even gonna play Little Bill on public television again. Like this, that man's legacy tarnished. That's not the yeah. worst thing he tarnished, but that is that is tarnished. How does he end up getting all hell broken loose and then someone like Kevin Spacey just walks free? Oh, wait, I know why. <laughs> but I'm not saying I'm not saying that on here. Uh Jacob, any any opinions on uh I'm not getting onto that. <laughs> Jacob, any opinions on uh the state of the strikes, I guess, or like what, what's going on and how long it's been going strikes. on? It's it's really funny to me that they gave it to the news and thought that would fix everything. Like they, they thought that yeah, them they reporting thought, yeah. the deal would work. When has that ever worked for anybody, bro? Usually people are trying to escape the media. <laughs> no, they were like, hey, <laughs> here you go. And then, like, of course it backfires on them. <laughs> Everyone's probably clowned. I ha- I haven't even read the deal, but now I'm going to look it up after, yeah. after the podcast. This must shit is probably hilarious. Them, right? They must have been. That must have been. They must have just. Get, that's just. You're just hanging a puff piece off to a person. <laughs> no, so like, like basically what happened, <laughs> they gave the writers, they did give the writers like the raises they were asking for, but I guess the uh, staffing minimums, which I've read more about um, between podcasts, basically what the writers want with the staffing minimums is they want to ensure like the writer, the writing career doesn't go away and it doesn't just become a gig where like, oh, there's an, an insured number of writers on each show. Because back in the day, uh, I'm going to sound like an old man, but back when there was 24 episodes of network TV each season for like almost every single show, there were like dozens of writers working on each show. Like Star Trek had dozens of writers. Something like Breaking Bad that uh, Jacob and I love had dozens of writers. Now they'll grab like a mini room of writers for like, like let's say five to eight writers. And they'll sit for like two weeks, break the story. Then all the other writers will leave to work on their next thing. And then you'll have like two writers write all the scripts. That's basically what it is right now. Yeah. So 
So no basically, wonder TV sucks nowadays. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like there's great TV still. Well, yeah, but that's usually like on the shows where there's a bunch of writers working together yeah, to write yeah. the stuff. That and like as well as the studios not giving enough time. That was another thing in that the writers are asking for. The studios they want. I think a week, no, two weeks per script, I think is what they're asking for. I don't know what the standard is right now. Wait a minute. Holy shit. You're telling me they had to. They're trying to negotiate that to be. I'm telling you right now, as a creative, a week is the minimum amount of time that you need to create something that's at least somewhat worth, like, somewhat worth your spit, you know? Like, <laughs> if you're giving people less than that, you are getting shite. I'm sorry. It's that you're... For <laughs> real. Yeah, but yeah, basically in animation writing, apparently this has already happened since they're not within the WGA union. So yeah. there's already, you can already see the effect there because it's kind of become a gig where people just jump in. They're paid like a high hourly fee, but like for a short amount of time. So they're not making that much money either. Yeah. And I guess the deceiving part here is they did offer raises. It's not the amount of raise the writers wanted, obviously. They said no to the staffing at all. So basically you're getting paid more. And I guess there's going to be less jobs as well is like the argument the writers are making like to this deal. Yeah. Um, they're, they're worried that like the writing profession is being weeded out by the studios like through like what they're negotiating right now? I, look, look, if without hesitation, these guys would, would, would replace writers with AI. Like with 100% AI, would. If it gets that good, yeah. That's why you yeah. need to like get it now. Need they need to, to get sure, that protection yeah. now. Because like if they wait till like the next cycle, because it's only a three-year contract, if they wait three years, AI might be way more advanced. This thing is moving quick. Quick. Yeah, way, way too quickly. Um, and then uh, SAG, which I didn't mention, um, is at 51 days, shockingly. That one still shocks me that it happened. I did not expect them to let the actors go on strike. And, um, and, if, and they haven't even talked to the actors. At least they've talked to the writers. They haven't tried negotiating with the actors at all since they've gone on strike almost two months ago. Sorry, Jonathan, you were going to say something. I was going to say it. No, because, because, you know, I would like to throw my hat into the ring real quick. Uh, we've talked about this at nauseum, so let's just let, let, let me just summarize this to, for you guys. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Way. I mean, I mean, Iger, Zaslav, dumbasses. All right, writers pay more, actors pay more. Steady gig, please, on God. If I have to, <laughs> if, if I have to come back on this podcast and talk about these strikes one more week, I will. Oh, okay, okay, so. I have to sanitize this so that Ruben will cut cut this joke. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! See, when you say something like that, I already know you're about to say some heinous. Well, shit. now you see, I, I was just gonna say I will I, I will dox Bob Iger, but I can't say that because then you're gonna... you be I will I will uh, <laughs> send him a nasty email. There you go. That includes his. That includes his address. <laughs> no. <laughs> his no. The no. name of his, of his first no. board. No. <laughs> no. No. Good God. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Okay. Moving on. So the strikes are going on. Terrible. Studios need to get their shit together. We all know this. Hired a crisis PR firm. Jesus Christ! Okay, is screw the, 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 is that real? 
why is your guys' money going towards the crisis PR? Oh, not just that. I just remember this. <laughs> Disney has a listing. They're going to pay $333,000 a year to a new crisis PR position that they just created. No, I want that job. I want that job. Never a dull day. Never a dull day on that job. A dull day at the house of mouse, but yeah, stupid. Uh, it just yeah. seems like they're they're uh digging their heels in. Mickey, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> they're digging their heels in. We shall see. Um, there was last thing I'll mention. God damn it! Last thing I'll mention. Stop, God damn! <laughs> Don't interrupt him, bro. Let him go. Wait, let who go? Let him speak. Who is? Oh, the last thing. Last thing I'll mention. Um. The LA Times had a piece about this yesterday. Within that, they said that the sources, knowledgeable sources within Hollywood, uh, say that the strikes need to be solved by October or else the entire output for next year is at risk. So there we go. Like that that's that's actually a reality we live in now. Where like yeah. entertainment they, they the entertainment had, industry might collapse. They already <laughs> had to move Dune, man. They moved Dune. Yep. <laughs> Yep, nice transition, JQ. Uh, let's talk about that. Um, so Dune got delayed uh, from its November 3rd date to March 15th of next year. Also, cost Godzilla vs. Kong to move back. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong 2, I should say, to move back a uh, month. Uh, excuse me. Godzilla X-Kong. Okay, they're not fighting in this one. They're partners. They're partners. Is that they're, what it they're is? comrades. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's they're actually comrades. what it is. They're comrades oh in this one. Oh, my God. They're boys. <laughs> what do you mean, oh, my God? Wait, what? The first one was no, fun as hell. Fine. There's, there's some continuity, I guess, you know, like from what happened in the first movie, you know, that now they're partners since, you know, they were fighting Mecha Godzilla. Jacob, there were already. Spoilers! There was this already. Ruben, it's been like three years, bro. If you have not watched that movie, what are you doing? Bro, you could have pirated that shit that came out, but like it, after 2020, like you not- probably most. Or was it during? I can't even remember. Twenty twenty one. It was during the pandemic, but it was during they did when they did on uh, HBO theater. Max. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it was same day theaters. <laughs> HBO Max is what. I was there is say. no reason that somebody has not watched that movie. Guys, no if you reason. haven't, if you haven't seen that movie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna highly advise watch it on your phone screen. The act, the acting is the best part. It's not a visual spectacle. Uh-huh. Right? This is a yeah, slow, yeah. methodical drama. Well yes. acted, all right. With gorilla and lizard. With gorilla, lizard, and then Brian uh, T. Henry. Is that what it's Tyree? I, Henry? I, I remember one of my favorite <laughs> lines is when Kong goes, Godzilla, why you choose to kill so many people? You know, that's you know, it's, Where, like, it's, like, it's like this philosophical question. Then you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really appreciated that. And, you know, like, <laughs> It's it's really getting to the core of like you know the characters. That we I thought you were gonna go. Like- I thought you were gonna go. Um, Kong had Godzilla on the ground, <laughs> knee on the throat, and he's like, yeah. and then, uh, then Godzilla goes save, save Mar- Martha. 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 <laughs> save Martha. What is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was my that that okay. That's definitely first. Granted, that joke was made at nauseum when that movie came out. I I I thought that that Jacob was going to go the complete opposite direction and be like, my favorite line was when Kong said, (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Absolutely. Dear God. My uh, actual, uh, okay, wait, no, my actual favorite line, the one that I use that nausea, I'm not the same, I'm of the same opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers that. <laughs> I remember it. That, I am not no one. I remember that shit. Right. Give my God. boy Brian more work. Give Brian more work. He's so good. Oh, so anyway, you know, that movie got pushed back a month. Dude, uh, <laughs> two got so it got got moved uh, into March of next year. Um, and the movie in April, which was the animated Lord of the Rings movie, got delayed all the way to December. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Pause. Yeah, pausing. Animated Lord of the Rings movie? Uh, here we go. It's called uh, War of the Rohinian. Oh, Hold on. God. I can tell you what it is. They left no, st- they left no stone unturned. Uh, they left just no stone unturned. It is about... Hold on. It is... Jesus. I, I... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. When you said animated, I was hoping you were you were gonna say animated Lego Lord of the Rings or something like that. You know, what set I mean? 180. Here, I'm reading the premise. That's what I was looking for. Set 183 years before the events of the Two Towers, the War of the Rohirrim uh, tells the story of Helm Hammerhand, a legendary king of Rohan, Ooh. who must defend against an army against of uh, Dune Landing. He becomes the namesake of the stronghold of Helm's Deep. You're basically seeing the origin of Helm's Deep in a movie. Wow. That's crazy. Jonathan, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? (laughs) Wait, isn't that like the the huge battle? Like, there's one, isn't there a battle there before the Battle of Helm's Deep or something like that? Yeah, that's what this is 183 years ago, apparently, before the Battle of Helm's Deep. Um, The guy. This is exciting. Helm Hammerhand uh, is played by Brian Cox in this, apparently. You're not serious, people. <laughs> uh, succession, little succession, which I still want to watch. A little bit of succession, a little bit of what are they? Is it like, maybe, <laughs> just jo- who's making this? Who is greenlighting these movies? What the fuck do you even? Who, who, what coked out? Exact walked into a room and said, What we really need is an animated Lord of the Rings movie. Remember when they made those little animated? Remember when Rankin Bass made that little animated? We need to make three of those. We need three of them. Oh my god. Who's making decisions for this IP? First the Smeagol video game and now this? Who is making these decisions? <laughs> Oh, they did. God. Oh, they got a, a Japanese director, so I think it's gonna be an anime style. Actually, I take back everything that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna butcher his name. Hold on, uh, Kenji Kamiyama. Wait a he's done. <laughs> uh, he's done a bunch of Ghosts in the Shell. I'm looking through his. That's uh, why I'm photography. Oh. Uh... What's, what's he played Runner Black Lotus uh, recently. Star Wars Visions, he did an episode as well. Oh my god, I do know this dude. Eden of the East, Cyborg Holy 009. Shit. Yeah, they got him to do it. Okay, wait, no, this, 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 
Okay, it might it might be a shitty story, but it's gonna look good. That's all I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I can promise you that this will. I oh shit! Be- Apparently, this was in the appendices of uh, Return of the King. This story. I'm, I, I'm sure. Okay, I, I think I, this is this is kind of kind of wild. Like, I feel like our opinions have kind of turned around while we've like looked up. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> a little bit, but it's still <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Why are you? Why are you getting? What, what's the name of the appendices again? Frick, there's a specific term for it. I, I don't. I don't remember. I have a copy of Lord of the Rings right here with me. Like, <laughs> I think they're just called the appendices of Lord of the Rings. Like, I haven't heard of like more professional term for those. Yeah. The appendix. And Lord. This is not important. Good Lord. This, this is, is not. This is not important at all. Uh, okay, so back those two movies got delayed because Dune got delayed next year. We are going on so many effing tangents. Appendix A through F. Oh, <laughs> oh frick up, Jacob. What do you think about the delay of Dune into next year? Please keep get us back on topic here. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I wanted to see the continuation of the story. I haven't like read the book Dune yet, uh, guys. I do just plan to, to do it to put things yep. in context. I read the book uh, when the a first movie was supposed yeah. to be coming out in 2020. All right. The first movie didn't come. The first movie got pushed back because of COVID. And now the second movie is getting pushed back because of the writer's strike. So when this is the acting strike out, more was, than the, uh, yeah. the acting strike, because the actors this, can't promote the movie. That's yeah. why they delayed it, just to when make that this, clear for everyone. When this movie comes out, it will have been four years since I read Dude. For the first time. I'm probably going to read it a second time. Well, you read it during lockdown, like the original lockdown, right? the first lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so long. Yeah, I I personally am upset because this movie should have come out this year. And the only reason it got delayed is because the studios are being greedy. But we covered that all in the first 20 minutes when we were talking. Uh, Jonathan, you have anything to add? Fuck you, Bob Mike. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, and then the la- last thing. <laughs> you and Zaslav, just, you know what? Just leave it at that. You know what? Just leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. All right, and the last thing we're going to talk about, um, I'm pulling an audible, guys. I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this, but I just remembered to that we should talk about this. Uh, so they announced that uh, Taylor Swift is going to have a – Movie version of her Eras oh, tour yeah. concert. They recorded okay, it now. at so Sof- Yep. Okay. So I just want to cover all of our tracks, guys. We respect Taylor as an artist. Please do not dox us if we say something unsavory by accident. You know, our by family, accident. they're lovely people. Please Taylor Swift fan- dude, Taylor Swift fans are dangerous. I'm just saying. I, I would just like to you say- know why they've all been hurt badly from a terrible relationship breakup. Jonathan, finish covering the bases quick. This is the type of shit. <laughs> what to say? Jacob, this is what I'm talking about. Jacob is just joking. And if he was, and just in case he's not joking, I do not associate myself with him. He's actually not even a third of cube. He's a temp. He's a temp. All right, we're waiting. <laughs> Let's just keep going, man. Okay, I did not so, stutter. Okay, so... <laughs> So the movie now is that I've got a man out of the way. I freaking hate Taylor Swift. <laughs> God damn it, JQ. No, you don't. 
no, you nah, can't. Nah, 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 I'm nah, nah, pretty nah. indifferent. I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah, there we go. Nah, yeah. I I would say I'm mostly indifferent. I don't think she is as good as everyone says she's she is. But Again, I would I say, not like, associate myself with Jacob Kiros. Her music <laughs> does reach certain people, but I feel like there's other music that reaches me better than Taylor Swift's music, and that means I and that should be like, fair. He's allowed to fair. have an opinion. Yeah, like yes. John Mayer, come and get me, come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the movie is a recording of uh, uh, the concert she did in SoFi in LA. Uh, earlier this year. Um, the reason I want to talk about it is because he, he's having historic ticket sales. It has broken the record at AMC for pre-sales. 26 million. It passed Endgame in pre-sale no! tickets. No! <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> That's Yo, why... What? Uh, what are they feeding these fans, dude? They're crazy. They're once feeding again, them. Once again, I would just like to say, you know, we. we okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I vow from this moment on, I'm going to listen to every single T Swift album and I'm going to give my opinion on that shit because this is, I'm getting tired of everybody just, <laughs> nah, I need to hear all her music and actually have an opinion if whether or not this shit is good. Because you know, this is, this a is the part in the comedy movie where they cut ahead and Diggle's like, my life is. Jay, yeah, no, no, they cut ahead. Just like, I have to listen because I don't roll me all day. So when we can be alone, I'll be waiting. He's just he's right, he's cruising down the I twenty four, just blaring love story. Windows down, hair blowing in the wind, tears uh-huh. in his eyes. Uh huh. Yes. He's he's all right. Like to break that many pre sales. I can. That's crazy. I, I, <laughs> It's going to have over a hundred million dollar opening weekend, so it's going to be in the top five openings of the year for sure. And if they expand theaters, there's people saying it could potentially challenge for the top opening movie opening weekend of the nah, year. Nah, 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 hundred sixty-two million dollars. I okay, I need to listen to this music. I like, I, I need to, I need to, I just Diggle. need to. Diggle, did you remember these tickets were in super demand last Diggle. summer? This doesn't shock me. If I don't know what I'm all. talking about and I hate I, I, and I'm hating on Taylor Swift, people are gonna be like, "Well, have you even listened to her music? Have you even like?" And you haven't. Exactly. I'm gonna be real with you. I've listened to some of her music and some of her recent stuff. It's all right. It's not bad. It's it just good. doesn't speak to you. It's fine. No, no. Here's the thing. It's good. Like it's not. It, it's good. Like if people connect to music, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay yeah. if you really connect with this thing. But if I hear you being like, "This is one of the. This is one of the. This is one of the best artists of all time." What a, a screw Kendrick. Screw J Cole. I don't care about the artistry. Taylor. Taylor. Okay. Look. <laughs> A Taylor Swift album beat to Pimp a Butterfly back in 2015. I'm just still salty about that. That's impossible. That's impossible. Taylor is not better than Kendrick. Do not at me. Do not at me. The craziest part about this selling out, they are charging $19.89 plus tax for every single ticket. You know why they're charging? No. Yeah, I know why they're charging. That's her album. That's her album. That's, That's her album. album. Yeah, yeah. they're charging 1989. And then for the, the kids' ticket, I don't know if this number means it's 1313. Is that another number? I don't know. Maybe it is. But anyway, that that's the big reason why this is gonna be a big hit. I don't know how big it could get. If it opens worldwide, look out. We could have this in the top 10 charts of the year. Honestly, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's why I wanted to talk 13 about it. 13 is consistent. 
Taylor Swift considers number 13 to be her lucky number. She constantly references oh, it. Taylor taught talking about why 13 is I was born on the 13th. I turned 13 on Friday the 13th. My first album went gold in 13 weeks. All right. Okay, cool. fair. All okay. Right, sweet. Okay, so yeah, that's that. Just wanted to cover that again. Also, like what you want to like. I guess we're not Taylor Swift's target demographic, and that's the yeah. other thing I want to talk about here. However, however, yeah, even yeah. though we're not her target demographic, everyone on this podcast loves to see a woman succeed. Slay, slay. I'm not even joking. This is not even. This is not a bit. Legitimately, slay. You know why? That's, you know why that's hard to tell. You use the same voice for everything. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, what I was gonna say. It's, I was gonna say no. It's it's what's cool about this as well, um, and I really like it. It's showing that there's a there's more of a female voice in movie theaters going forward. I think is what this is gonna do, um, in the sense that Barbie was a huge hit. Yeah, this is gonna be go. a huge hit. Yeah, Barbie um, has passed yeah. the Super Mario movie as it the did. top grossing movie yeah. this year. Which again, not joking. Do love to see women succeed. That shit is insane. Greta, no, this yeah. has been a long time coming for Greta Gerwig in particular too. I mean, like to me, Barbie is my out of her three movies. It's my least favorite of the three. I still love it, but it's my yeah, least yeah. favorite of the three. But I'm just elated because like all three of her movies are just cultural defining movies they're really they're really important movies i, I, think, I think it's they're... the 15th highest grossing movie of all time at this point yeah that's, yeah let's yeah, go insane. man that's great yeah, that's great that's great yeah. she's everything but, he's just good <laughs> yeah no good for everyone involved in that and like i said i think this is going to open more opportunities going forward and like because these studio heads which we talked about at the beginning they only listen to the dollar sign so the fact that um they the, these two uh projects are like speaking and like connecting with women. It's going to show the studio has that you should invest more in that, which I think is a very important thing. You know they're gonna take the wrong lesson out of this, so they're like Barbie. What, like the Polly Pocket movie? Yeah. <laughs> I want the yeah. Polly Pocket movie. I want it directed by Steven Spielberg. I don't care that he doesn't have a vagina. We're getting him on this project. <laughs> Oh God, you're right. They're gonna do something like that. They're gonna be stupid. The, I, gonna I mean, be stupid look, about it. Dude, misogyny runs deep and it's irrational. People are just gonna there, especially gonna when some, you're that rich. Yeah, there's yeah. gonna be some Hollywood exec that's gonna be like, women is not the reason that these movies succeeded. What? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're gonna look at some other. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Mattel's already talking about the the toy cinematic universe. Shit. Yeah, they're looking at we the talked toy about that. Last time. Yeah, it's not. Look, Mattel, if you're listening, the toy aspect of this movie is not why so many people relate to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ooh. Thank you. All right. And now moving on to the main topic. The well, main, main topic of the uh of the show. Uh so we watched Blue Beetle over the last week. And um, I don't know. It was, I think, the best DC movie. Nah, nah, you know what? I can't say that. It was a really good movie. Uh, the someone best, wait, the be- what you're going to say, the best DC movie since what? That's what I realized. Like, if I go back to last year, it was the it's Batman. Flash. But if I said if if I said the best DCU movie, I'm only going back two years because the Suicide Squad isn't that old. So then yeah. I realized, oh, it's like a useless phrase. 
You know, it's like all those people, like actual critics who say best movie since the Dark Knight. It's just empty platitudes at a certain point. Yeah, it's a real, it's a really, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Let me just say it. Yeah, I I shouldn't look for a platitude. Yeah, without without comparing this thing to anything else. Yeah, phenomenal movie. Just actually surprise. And look, look. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's address the elefante in the room. All three yes. of us are Hispanic. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> what? It would be concerning this, if one yeah. of us wasn't. Yeah, it, it, it would kind of be concerning. <laughs> mom, what did you do? I can't, I can't, if I mention mom, nah, she's going to call me out again, David. Exactly. Mom's already going to yell at you about the swearing you've done in this episode. That's true, yeah. You're going to have to bleep it out, Ruben. Yeah. The bleep. I love you. I love you. <laughs> anyway. Um, the elephant in the room, we're all Hispanic. This movie speaks to us in a very different way than it's going to Very particular like, way, yeah. Yeah, it speaks to us in a very... Like, if you're if you're not Hispanic, like, you're going to enjoy this movie regardless, I think. But you just might not enjoy it as much as we did. Like, 30% of this movie is subtitled, like, at least, which is crazy to me. But, yeah. like... And there's also the non-subtitle stuff as well. There's some Spanglish sprinkle in there that not everyone's yeah. going to follow, That's which I really appreciate it because, like, we actually talk like that, like, yeah, amongst ourselves. It. Yeah. I was going to say, like, like, when you don't know a word, you just, like, just yeah, you know, switch, you switch from one language to another and just call it a day. Like, yeah. I love those, those subtitles made me laugh a few times because, like, what they They're were off. saying. Well, yeah, it's because like it's like the closest English approximation, yep, yep. but you're missing like all the flavor. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah. missing like the best, the best bits is like you're just you're, you're just unseasoning the language, is what I'm Especially with the Nana character. Yeah, there were a lot of the Nana character had some fire ass lines, and then it would just translate to the just the most milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, See, I feel like those like, were... That is not what she said. I'm like, I mean, it is, but it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Jacob, we interrupted you. What were you going to say? I'm just saying, like, it was like, um, I was going to bring up a scene, like, when they were outside of the house or whatever, like, later, and their mom and mom was talking and, like, basically telling them, we got to, like, basically, you know, throw this shit out the way and use this shit to motivate us. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the scene in particular that I was thinking of, too, because, like... Yeah. The grandma was dropping bars and the conversation and yeah. the, the subtitles were just like, come on, guys, let's just get up. I was like, she is, she's putting down some business right now. I'm going to be real with both of you. I was so into the movie at this point. I didn't even look at the subtitles, so I can't even like, <laughs> I can't even validate that, what you guys oh, are that, saying. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. No, dude, this, I was, I'm shocked. I did not think a solo blue, blue, I did not think a solo blue beetle movie would work. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, granted, every time that I've seen this character growing up, he's been in a team or he's been like in a group of people. The very, very first time I saw uh, Jaime Reyes's Blue Beetle was Batman the Brave and the Bald. The second time That's right, yeah. Justice. And like always, he's he's been surrounded with like supporting characters or, whatever, or at least surrounded with other supers. He does have a lot of supporting characters in this movie. So yeah. I didn't know how it was going to be like to just focus on just him. But here's the thing. The movie is not just about Jaime. It's about the family. Like the family yeah. as a whole is the main character of this movie. Like it really isn't, it really isn't just Jaime's movie, you know? It's not just his journey of self-discovery. It's... The- so the thing is, like, Jaime 
is not like the main character in the movie, in my opinion. It's like the family unit as a whole is the main character. You know, like Jaime is definitely the, the pivot point. He's the person who the, the most focus is placed on, but like his sister, his mom, his his dad, his grandma, this this family unit is the main character of the movie. And, and it, it, you know, it, it, this, this movie is about like relationships, I would say. It's about it, it, like, even at the at even at the highest level, when you get to to Jaime and the uh, I don't even remember what's the name of the beetle, Conchi, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like to even at that point, you're talking about a relationship. This movie is about relationships and the way that they impact us as people, and the way that they either help us grow or they hold us back. You know, I feel like that is the main driving thing in this movie. It's mm -hmm. that that idea of relationships. And I think that's where this movie really succeeds is the fact that it's not just like, it's not just like a generic beat em up superhero movie. It has something to say. It has a thematic through line that affects every character in the movie, even the boring old white lady. You know, she. No, no, she actually Susan Sarandon, who's a talented yeah, Sarandon, actress. Oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. Look, <laughs> Susan, Susan, I love you. Character was. Yeah, Susan, I love you. Yeah, her. and you, and you, you did an amazing job of what you were given. Let's just say that. Let's just yeah. keep it that. It's not. It's not bad. It's really not bad. Yeah. It's 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 it serves its point. The character serves its point. That's all that matters. But even at that level, like her connection to Ted Cord, her connection to. Was it Vanessa? Is that what her name? Jennifer. Jennifer? Yeah. Yeah. Her connection to Jennifer. That again, this movie is about relationships. And the fact that, like, at every level you have something that has something to do with that. And like you 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 have something to say. It's not just blank action. It's not just spectacle. There is a heartbeat behind this movie. The people who made this thing really care. And you can see it from the very start. And it's just, you know. Seeing this after watching The Flash, you really do wonder why they put all their eggs in that in, in the Ezra Miller basket. You really got to yeah. wonder. Yeah, no, you made some really good points there. Yeah, I do love how it's focused around that familial aspect because if you know one thing about Latino culture, it's like we are a more collectivist uh, culture. Um, so, you know, family is really important to us, like the bonds you form with family. Um important and carry you out throughout a lifetime yeah. i was less... saying we're not the type of people to like send grandma to the old folks home or yeah kick, or yeah. kick a kid out of the house once they turn 18 like it's very much like that we're, stuff's we're... a cultural disconnect for us just because of what we're around yeah. to be completely yeah. honest seeing sure. that yeah. stuff yeah well yeah no i love how it like portrays the importance of the family unit in a latin american household i love how they have like the uncle living with them like all that stuff you see yep. in a family the, yeah. the grandma all the siblings yeah yeah i mean that's yeah that's classic like, that's typical yeah, yeah. I, would, I didn't even think about that yeah to some people that could be weird yeah just, it is I yeah just, yeah i was just sitting there no, like is, okay really. like, okay yeah. uncle rudy yeah okay yeah he's there <laughs> <laughs> exactly no it is weird but like our family has like households like that like in different places in the world, there's households like that in our family. It's like what yeah. I want to say without like holding anyone individually out, but like, you yeah, know, that's, yeah, I don't want to dox my own. My yeah, own exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but, um, uh, yeah. Um, the other thing I really found 
surprisingly good was the action, the effects in this, like way better than like the Flash. And I get, I think it's because they actually use a practical suit on set. Because I think with the Flash, oh, they, they had like, okay. yeah, they had a mocap suit. I think with the Flash. If I'm Stop not using mocap suits! I, yeah. for the love of Christ, I beg of you. I was watching a uh, corridor cruise breakdown of the Flash's uh, VFX today. Shout I out! I haven't seen oh, that. Okay. You have to watch it. It's good. You should watch also, it. Also, um, also, wait, wait. Shout out corridor crew, crew. I know we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of uh, of leverage uh, pop culturally, but to the our few listeners. If you don't know about Corridor Crew and their like good and bad CGI series, please check it out. Ruben, continue. Because <laughs> yeah, they're very respectful of the CGI industry. They talk more about what leads to bad CGI, which isn't usually the artist's fault, which it, is it, what everyone almost, wants to believe. I was gonna say it is almost never the artist's fault. <laughs> yeah, so check them out. Yeah. But what I was gonna say, basically for the Flash, they just use like a helmet. And then they had a mocap suit. And you could see, like, there was some behind-the-scenes video they had from probably the Blu-ray for The Flash, which I will probably never own. Uh, but, like, basically, that's uh, <laughs> that's what it that's what it looked like on set. I think here, uh, yeah, full-out suit. I think they only used some CG to open and close Blue Beetle's mouth, and that was it. And I think, yeah. obviously, anything he forms was, I think, CG. But I yeah. think that helps, like, the suit feel more tangible in the sequences, especially when it's not doing an action it just feels real if it's that makes very, any yeah, sense it's very much i think yeah it's it's i think a, a big part of it's the way that the lighting works with the suit like it's very much actual lighting you, you can yeah yeah, yeah this wasn't like this wasn't composited in a, i mean it's probably touch-ups and whatnot but this wasn't like yeah, yeah. composited like in a computer this was like filmed on set and it works it works really well. No, I'd Although say... I do, th- I do think they did some tricks as well. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but like oh, yeah. having yeah. most of the fights in the dark as well, like that does help look like the CGI look better. That, that's we, that's an old trick. Yeah, there was oh, only listen. one scene. I think it, it was the first transformation into Blue Beetle. That's oh, when he's flying around the city. That yeah. takes that takes place during the daytime. So like that's where they put like that's where they got to showcase a lot of their CGI. Like. I guess yeah. dexterity is the best way to say it. I actually didn't think of that. They probably did that to like leave a lasting first impression, I'm gonna, I'm and then say, that carries on like throughout the movie. I was like, it's a good that trick. Is, that that is an old trick. That is early two thousand superhero trick. Every final battle takes place at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's because like the prototypical uh, movie that. Like one of them, anyway. Tim Burton's Batman took place at night. Like the Batman movies always took place yeah, at night. True. That's, that's true. probably what yeah. started the standard. Which fun there. fact, <laughs> James Gunn does not like that movie. We're not getting into that. Because that stuff is not 100 confirmed either. That man's um, a fascist. <laughs> oh yeah. But speaking of that speaking line, of Uncle Rudy. And yeah, let's talk about oh, George Lopez. Yo, okay. I was talking to Jacob about this before we started the podcast. This man steals the show every every project i've seen this dude in he he legit he just commandeers it he's so good but it's like here's the thing he doesn't just like he like elevates the people around him too like that's the thing like that's the type of charisma the dude has like god he's just so he's so funny in this movie i'll go further i think this is sorry to cut you off uh uh, they think this is the best work of his career quite honestly I think, like acting wise, acting wise, I think it is. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen George Lopez better in anything. Like, yeah, yeah. no, this is like he has a couple emotional scenes. The one emotional scene he has with uh, 
Jaime when they're sitting on the banister and they're talking yes. to one another. Yeah. I did great. not. Yeah, that, that was great. like that was great. I forgot it was George Lopez during that scene. I'm not even going to kid you, like because like when you're laughing, yuck, yuck, you're like, yeah, that's George Lopez. Yeah, that's but like George, when he's, yeah. but when he's doing that, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, More right. rage. He was, speaking, he was just speaking truth there. Like he seriously, was. I feel yeah. like that was coming from the heart. That was hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent yeah. from the heart. And like, yeah, this is. Um, I mean, here's here's the thing too. Speaking of that scene and kind of like playing off of that, for a lot of people watching this movie, you're gonna think that there are aspects of this movie that are forced. Like they're like, oh, this is just like an agenda being forced. No, these are very real common topics in every like latin american household when we're talking about when we're talking about illegal immigration we're talking about trying to like make it here that is not forcing an agenda that is legitimately these are conversations that we have this idea of being pushed out of being gentrified of being like these are all things that happen to these communities they're very real to us to us it's not political that's life like you have the privilege to look at that and be like, I don't like that. That's a very much just pushing an agenda that I don't like. But for us, it's it's like for us, it's like life or death a lot of the time. Or 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 it's the difference between having a, a good life for you and your family or going back to like a war-torn or politically dangerous country, like yeah. and, and getting screwed over. Like I think that the themes that, that that this movie takes on, especially in that scene with Rudy, I think that they're really well done, and I think they're handled really well. And you can tell that it comes from the heart for a lot of these actors. It's same with George, like you can tell that in that scene, this like Jacob said, that's coming from him. That's like that's he, feels that. yeah. he feels that. He feels that in his bones. <laughs> Yeah. What I also love is like the entire family all has a role to play. I'm not going to give away how, but each family member has a standout moment throughout his the dads, second and third act. His dad's. Oh my god! I did almost. I almost wept. In yeah. The theater. Yeah. It, yeah it, no. It, it, the movie has up. some very good like emotional I, resonance, like more emotion than most comic book movies. I should say. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I felt it was a lot like the the rocket scene though with uh you know what I mean to compare to a Guardians movie the Guardians movie volume three that came oh out it was like the in the emotional in the emotion yeah. no aspect. when he's yeah. like talking to like the person who like you know, okay hold on oh. yeah yeah but yeah oh, no I get yeah, that not, yeah yeah we don't want to give it away we but you're good yeah we're good we're good yeah let's let's wrap up uh the spoiler free section and we can go into spoilers if you guys want let's uh so i would give this movie a 7.75 out of 10 that was so specific all right i'll go eight out of ten screw it yeah that was too too specific a number that was really specific I was trying to experiment with a different uh, system, but I'm like, now nah, it doesn't the point seven five come from. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's messed up. I give this. I give this movie. I give this movie a seven and three fourths out of ten. <laughs> an eight out of ten. Just give your scores, guys. Jesus I give. I give it an eight out of for 10. me. Eight for me. Like just as a movie on its own, eight. For me, on the impact that it had on me, easily like an eight and a half. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, dude, I might I get know. a Blue Beetle poster for my room, dude. Seriously. Bro, I might be Blue Beetle for Halloween, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, no. You should, though, like, Jacob. You have some space behind you on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, legitimately, this, this movie was a pleasant surprise. And it's kind of a shame that it's not 
gonna be successful in the box office. Yeah, it, it really. This is like what superhero movies should be. This isn't reinventing the wheel. Like this isn't anything like massively groundbreaking or like genre defining or anything. But like, it's not Spider Verse. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Spider Verse, but it has so much soul. It's yeah. like not everything has to be like this genre bending thing. It can just it's, if it's a good story, great action, great, uh, great, you know, uh, acting, solid cinematography, great choreography. Like if it's, I mean, like it's. I mean, what else do you want? It's not Citizen Kane. <laughs> Look, like at the end of the day, the box office it does matter. Yes, it does. Like it, it determines what sequels get made what movies hollywood makes and it's a kind of a bummer this one doesn't work out but at the very least i'm glad this one got made because of the impact it had for us three on here yeah i mean yeah. for any latin american people who watched it i mean at the end of the movie like when the family's all doing their group hug uh my mom i turn to my mom and she tells me like this is us this is our people and i'm like yes yes it is i watched this movie first and yeah. i i immediately got out and like sent out to their family chat i was like you guys i was like you guys need to watch this movie like right now <laughs> like actually like and I, they they loved it like yeah it speaks it speaks to you it really does like our parents felt something watching it there are moments in this movie that are are like are like i'm so happy i was in an empty theater to some degree it's sad too but i was in an empty theater there's this scene like after Jaime's first flight where he passes out they wake him up with vicks they they put like an open bottle of Vicks vapor rub rub under his nose i tackled i was dying at that because i'm like oh my god like like who made this movie who do they know how do they know about the Vicks vapor rub (laughs) scene i also love too like like that just showcases our like our love for family is like when he goes to the job at uh for yeah. the first time and like they're all just in the car just like it's just great it's just like yeah. damn bro, no no the, the family the family in this movie beautifully casted amazing chemistry between all of them i yes. feel like we're gonna they're gonna take that for granted the chemistry between these actors is phenomenal i i i generally right. i believe, took it I, yeah I, I genuinely believe I was. There's a point in my in the movie where you're just watching. You're it's like, just a yeah, family, these, bro. This, these family. people are related. These people yeah. are related. No, no seriously. Like, yeah. Shout out to uh, uh, Zolo too. Zolo did a phenomenal job as well. Zolo was amazing. Yeah. All right, let's get into the spoiler section. We all recommend you see it if you still have it at a theater. Please go out and support this movie. Um, it deserves you. everything it makes. Para la patria, wey. Para la patria. <laughs> All right, getting into spoilers, Jacob. If you want to talk about that scene now, you are free to do so. I am free now. I am yeah. free to do so. Yeah. Spoiler I just, warning. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, obviously, I think it was a very powerful scene, but I think what took me out of it is that I've, I've kind of seen it like a couple times in uh, like other movies, and I feel like it well, was done since, very recently. What, what's the scene you're talking about, Jay? The Guardian scene. Expect like when 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 Rocket's coming back from like his almost dead state, right? And he's like, he sees his uh, the the otter. I can't remember her name. Oh, Lila, Lila. Yeah, and they had they had a conversation. Oh, but that's just like, not your time. It's not your time. It's time I mean, for you to go common, back. It's, it's a common. Convention. It's a common thing. It's that's what I'm saying. Like, 
I I appreciate what it did for the movie, but I did feel like it was an overused trope, and that's why I felt like it didn't have as much of an I don't impact know. on me. But Jacob didn't say he's talking about the scene where uh, uh, Jaime is on the verge of dying, and he talks to his father, who at yeah. this point, spoiler, one last that's time, true, yeah. has passed away. Um, Jonathan, what yeah. were you going to say? I was going to say, like, I didn't even think about that. Like, I was Neither so did absorbed. I. I was so absorbed into the narrative of the story itself. And I think that the scene works within the story itself yeah. so well that like for me, I just completely forgot. I, I will say though, like, yeah, I mean, that's common. Here's the thing though, like if it works within the context, even if it's a trope, even if it's a bit cliche, if, if it works and it has an emotional punch and it, and it like, and it pulls you in, like, yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like that's a success for the most part. But, I mean, like, Every story has technically been written if you want to yeah, see, if you yeah, want to look yeah. at it like that. But yeah, I, I I would say it's unique enough in the way that it's approached. Uh, in that, I mean, in, in this case, it's Jaime because in the Guardians case, Rocket gets pulled back because he's getting like like his, his friends are like re- resuscitating him or whatnot. And yeah. this, it's literally Jaime coming back from the verge of death. Yeah, like willing himself. Yeah, out of pure willpower with the help of the Beetle, but like. Yeah. Also, because like I really can't talk about this character without the spoiler section. Carapax. I I I need to take back all the shit I was talking. On. We have our podcast episode. Our five talking. minute segment where we just made fun of the character and how he looks to the point where we posted a picture yeah. of the costume with the podcast. Yeah. I, I would like to apologize. <laughs> I'm sure, like, look, was he a groundbreaking villain? No. No. But did he have some of the most, like, some of the most, like, painful, like, emotional moments of the movie? Yes. There's this moment, look, throughout the movie, he's staring at this amulet, and you, and, like, you know, you think it's the cliche, oh, that's, like, his wife and kid, you know? Yeah. Like, it's his wife, it's his wife and kid or whatnot. It's revealed at the end through flashbacks, like, like Blue was about to kill this dude. It's not his wife and kid. It's him and his mom. mom. That's how early he was taken away. And that moment, jaw dropping moment for me, because I was like, did this movie just do that? I was like, that is insane. That is an insane yeah. child soldier. Like we're talking about child soldiers right now. Like how the hell did we get to that point? That's insane. And it didn't feel like completely out of left field. It feels like something that the movie builds to, which it, is like it really this was, ex- it didn't feel forced at all. No, it's because it, the movie is taught. I mean, the movie in and of itself is, is constantly coming back to the theme of exploitation as well. How certain people are, are taken advantage of or or, or, or degraded yeah. in service yeah. of quote unquote the greater good, you know? Um this is one of them where like you think that, especially when, when when this woman's talking to him, you think it's like, oh, she found him when he was like older or whatnot. This was a kid. She found this dude when he was a kid, and that's it's heartbreaking. And it really makes it makes that character retroactively better as well. Like, it's just I don't know. I'm baffled that this that this character that we were just bashing on <laughs> ended yeah. up actually being pretty effective. No, because you know? throughout the movie, he's just like the typical mindless goon villain. Yeah, but then he's like at the end, head. he's yeah. a muscle. He's the muscle. He's the uh, the henchman number one, to, yeah. to use another yeah. term. Um, but at the end, they give him more like depth. And I don't think many movies do that. So I think, yeah, you're right. It did stand out in that moment. Um, 
I do kind of wish they would have sprinkled it a little bit more earlier in the movie yeah. somehow, but at the same time, that probably would have taken away some of the impact from the ending. I, I so I don't that, know. It, that moment of impact or the because the Beatles the entire time has been like, oh yeah, we're killing these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, and Jaime is like, we're not doing that. And at this moment of time, we're like, I'm killing this dude. And it's the Beatle that like stops him and is like, this is not who we are. But yeah, and apparently it, the only reason the Beatle knows is because of the transfer that they tried doing. Yeah, but Jacob, like regardless, that's still the Beatle being like, hey. Yeah. And it's also because the Beatles. The Beatle would have killed that thing. But, if okay, it, if the Beatle might have killed him if it. Had, but it's become direct, it's symbiosis. It's like, they it's, become yeah, yeah, one. The Beatles. I love how the Beatles on. talk in Spanish start, at the end. That, yeah, that, yeah, that part was yeah, hilarious. And when the Beatles start bring that up, yeah. When the Beatles starts talking Spanish, yeah. I was yeah. losing my shit, dude. It's uh, this movie is shockingly well done. Also, just I don't know, just. I, I, a little I, nods as well is the yeah. other thing I want to talk about. Oh like they had little kid, like Easter eggs. Uh, they had uh, they were flipping through channels. Some novellas came on. They were making jokes about different yeah. like novellas and television shows. That was hilarious. Oh my seeing the theme bro, over. I've over, heard, I don't awesome. remember if Mom ever saw that, but I do remember yep. hearing about it. Like that's it. A blink of your miss it. Uh, a cameo of Don, Fra Don Francisco Sabado Gigante. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, show yeah. Chacal de la Trompeta. He's canon yeah. now in the DC universe. You guys do not get. We grew up with this thing. Yeah, we like, saw this was our Saturday nights was watching Don Francisco for Sabado three hours. Gigante. It was yeah. so goddamn fun. That's it, such just, a fun. That's a great show. <laughs> you gotta yeah. understand. It's super weird for us because for us, this is like, okay, like this is things that like. You know, this is between like Hispanics within the community to see it on the big screen on something that like everyone's meant to see. Like that's crazy to me. It's like, oh my god, I, I know, I know that guy. <laughs> Even if it's just for a second, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it just shows like. The I heard that the, they really wanted to put El Chavo in here, but because of certain um, certain copyrights, license, yeah, certain licensing oh, and copyright, damn. they couldn't. But, but they got the Chapulín Chapulín, bro. They called uh, the what was it? They Uncle called the yeah the little dis <laughs> the little disruptor device yeah. that uh Chapulín or whatever. I can't yeah, remember. that uh that uh, oh my god, what's I was I've been saying his name this Rudy. entire time. Rudy. Why did I forget? Yeah, Rudy. Yeah. The, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, the it's like it's called El Chapulín. It's like why'd you call it that? Okay, look when you get when you start building, you can name it whatever the, the hell you want. Okay. <laughs> So for you, all of you who watched the movie and you're like, what the actual hell is the Chapulín Colorado? It was this show uh, starring Chespirito, the same guy who played the Chavo de Ocho and also created it. He created this show called Chapulín Colorado. It was this bug-themed superhero. It was basically a spoof <laughs> of superhero TV shows at the time. So what would have been? Like Batman in the 60s because it came out yeah. in the 70s. Like maybe Batman, those old serials that used to come out for like Superman, Spider-Man, George George Reeves Superman's probably as well. Yeah, that's another animated one, yeah. animated Spider-Man from the sixties. Spider-Man and his amazing friend. It's making fun of all these tropes, and it's basically like this 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 character who's kind of a goofball. Um, like he he's kind of ineffective in what he does, but he just does it with so much heart that you just you just love to see. It. It, it, it's a comedy show, is essentially what it is, yeah. and it's just it's playing with these superhero tropes, but also adding a Latin flavor to it, and it is 
massive. I have a Funko Pop of Chapulín. You don't understand, yeah. man. This is big in the community. <laughs> Um, for sure. No, but like when uh, when Rudy mentioned that the name of the device was El Chapulín, I'm like, oh, that's a cool nod. I can't believe they snuck that in there. And then it started broadcasting. Chapulín Colorado. I was yeah. just like, oh, that's crazy. That's insane that they did that. I was like, exactly. <laughs> and then the second post credit scene of this movie is literally is literally just like the little stop motion Chapulín intro that they made for the movie, which ah. Uh, I don't know, man. That just it just hits different. I, I you're just smiling. You're just smiling. You, you feel this little pang in your heart where you're just like, oh God, the good old days. I miss Chespirito, yeah. man. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so James so Blue Beetle yeah. could run. So who knows how true this is, but James Gunn has said this character will apparently continue on in the DCU. I hope that's true. Even though he's probably not going to get like a solo sequel, I hope maybe in the Booster Gold show, maybe in a Teen Titans thing. Um, I just want to see because Zola was great. Like yeah. we, I don't think we we've mentioned it, but I don't think we've talked about it enough. He was we amazing. Talked about the female co lead much like oh the, yeah, we should oh, talk the 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 Brazilian Brazilian uh, the person. What's her name? Ah, here, hold on. I have the. Uh, I have it open. Hold on. I had, no, I had I the gonna, Wikipedia open. I was going to say the one time I had to look down at the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she Brazil. Spit, yeah. She spit out some Portuguese and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. um, sure Bruna, it's show. Bruna Marquinze. Marquinze. Okay. Bruna Marquinze. Yeah. yeah. She was also great. Like, she was great. Every, yeah. Everyone in this movie brought their A game. Like, Adriana Barossa. The, played the Nana. I'm just going to shout out everyone. Shout Jamie Alcazar, who played Alberto, which is Jamie's father. He was the heart of this movie. We, I've, see, uh, I've seen him in something else. I swear I've seen that man in other stuff. You probably before. have. Hold on. Oh, yeah. He was the heart of this movie. He, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, Raul Max Rio as um, Carapax uh, Ignacio. Um, Susan Sarandon, as we mentioned before. George Lopez, as we talked about a lot. Um, then we have Jaime's mother, Alpidia Carrillo. Uh, Milagro was played by, uh, which is Jaime's sister, uh, Belisa Escobillo. And then uh, we have uh, the guy who plays Guillermo and what we do in the shadows on a really Harvey. tiny role in here. Harvey. Uh, Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, he was all right. <laughs> he didn't get only, enough to do. He didn't yeah. get enough. That was I was problem. kind of bombed, yeah. He really did not get a lot. Okay, I'm 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 looking at this dude's filmography. I swear I've seen him in something else. But yeah, no, like the uh, Bruno did a Bruno did a really great job as the female lead of Jacobs, uh, especially like in the emotional scenes as well. Like yeah. there's that scene when they're in the Ted Cord's yeah, bedroom yeah. and yeah. they sit down and have that conversation about um, privilege and like how she was privileged but didn't have a family, but how yeah. he had a family and grew up in poverty. Um, and how I guess they have different things to learn from each other. I really found that yeah. conversation yeah. to be really profound. And I, yeah. I guess like the grass isn't always greener, as they always say as well. Yeah. Um, you can think the other person has it, it all, but they really don't. Um, yeah. She thinks Jaime has it all, but Jaime is like looking for more financial success in his life. And yeah. um, he thinks she has it all because she grew up in like privilege and like money with Ted Cord. But she doesn't have the family life that Jaime has. So nothing's perfect. And I guess what you have to do is try to look 
for this these family bonds going back to the theme of the movie familial bonds whether they're by blood or not by blood you got to look for these bonds in these people and that's what's yeah. going to carry you out through the hardships of life i don't just say, i think that's another powerful thing in hispanic culture that's breaking through in this is that familial bonds especially in our culture are not all blood related like there are people no, who are basically family there are people who you call tío or tía that have no blood relation to you it's just yeah. that they're that close it's yeah. just again this sense of like hey we are in this country that we is completely new to us like even if you're from a completely even even if i'm from panama and you're from colombia or if i'm from mexico and you're from venezuela like we've we're all we've got in this yeah. in this spot so we're, we're figuring it out I know. Yeah. It's y'all are making me want to watch this again. Jeez. Yeah. No, great movie. Highly recommend again to go watch it. Hopefully, James Gunn keeps to his word. Hopefully, we see him in like Booster Gold, and maybe Ted Cordo show up because I think the director said he wanted uh, Jason Sudeikis Jason to Sudeikis. play to play yeah. Ted Cord, which I think would be great casting. Um, shout out! Uh, uh, oh my god, why did I forget? Shout out Ted Lasso. Shut up, <laughs> which you have to watch. We're gonna review Ted Lasso on the show at one at some yeah, point. I yeah. Uh-huh. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of the Pop Cultural Quintessentials with so the for Cube. Listening, guys. Yeah. You, you didn't even let me I finish. Mean, up. The best part about that was how unenthusiastic Jacob sounded. He's like, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thank right, you for letting us talk about this movie that like was really important to us. Um, we understand that it might not hit you the same way, but it hit us this way. Um, and back, like, and as a final sign off, uh, studios get your shit together. I don't want to be talking about uh, nonsense at the end of the year because nothing's coming out because that's what's feeling like at this point. I want my I want my entertainment and I want the actors and writers paid fairly at the same time. Thank you very much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. All right. Peace hey, out, so everyone. Hard. See you on the next episode. Peace.